There are ancient legends across many cultures that tell of a demon or deity that feed on the blood of the living. These tales, with the belief that the dead could rise again, gave way to one of our most well-known monsters, a being so powerful and charismatic that you could easily become their next meal. This monster's complexity has inspired media for centuries, and will continue as humans remain under the trance of vampires. <laughs> Welcome to 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies, and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we befriend a vampire and let me in. So, Stephanie. Yeah. Have you seen Let Me In before we watched it for the podcast? I have, and I actually realized what it was. You did? You <laughs> Based have on the before? title, yes. Oh, yeah. okay. I guess there's a French version, too, but uh, I've seen the American one. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. There's another one in a different There language. is. That was like done two years prior. We'll talk about that in the okay. movie background. Do you like this movie? It's all right. Really? Yeah. It's, we'll say it, honestly. Yeah, it is very depressing mm-hmm. and upsetting. I don't know if I realized the magnitude of it when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now looking back, I was like, wow, she kind of selfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, she's an elderly vampire. So maybe, I mean, well, I mean, we'll talk about that whole situation. But yeah. So I saw this movie too, and I literally cannot remember how I found out about this movie or whatever, or why I like, really wanted to watch it, but I really wanted to watch it, and I loved it when I first saw it, mm-hmm. and to talk about Charlie again, I was like, Charlie, you need to watch this movie with me. So I showed him the movie, yeah. and he really liked it too. I know, he does like it. Which I... is really weird. I wouldn't. Yeah, he watched it with me when I watched it, so. Did he still like it? Yeah, yeah, he does. I think it had a pretty fair amount of commercials. Didn't it come out around Twilight time, too? Maybe that's why it sparked interest. I don't know. I really don't know. I have no recollection of how I came across this movie, but I wanted to watch it real bad, and I did. I was like, yes, this was great. I liked it. I like it a lot. I still liked it a lot. Maybe not as much as I did, I think. I like really, like, slow burning type movies, and I feel like this is something similar. Like, it's... Kind of. Not a whole lot happens, truth be told. Right. And what does happen is kind of, like... Medium. (laughs) Medium. Yeah, it's not super, like, energetic or high action or any any of that kind of thing. It's very mellow. Well, it takes place in the span of, like, two weeks, maybe less, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Although I was pissed about watching more movies about snow. I was like, if I watch one more movie that takes place in the cold, dark, but we're doing we, vampires. We haven't got it. <laughs> uh, there's more to come. And it's like, yeah. no more. No. There's definitely more. <laughs> there is more, but I liked it overall. Yeah, I just wish they had, like, a few more sweet moments, like mm. cutesy. And I <laughs> I told Charlie when I was watching it, I was like, I forgot the little boy's a creep. Yeah. It's a creep, yeah. Yeah, especially with you scared little girl. Yeah. I, was like, I forgot about that yeah. part. I, like, I mean, you know, he's a little messed up in the head for a little uh, bit. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, it's you know I don't 
I don't want to say I don't blame him, but you know, he has a no, like messed if, up situation. It's definitely like, rationalized what he was doing. At first, I thought he was, I don't know, I, I forgot how to a point he was bullied to the and you know how that's making him lash out in other parts of his life. And I thought maybe it was just insinuating that when he was older, he'd like to kill little girls. Yeah. Kind of thing. But then I watched it and I was like, oh, it's because the bully says the same things to him. Yeah. And he's just kind of replicating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bully being bullied can be a bully. Yeah. I don't know. In any case, it's it's not a good situation for him. No. No, it's not good. <laughs> Where did you have this ranked on the scale? I had it ranked as a 10. I had it as 11. I can sit with that. It'd yeah. be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had it uh I had it above Fright Night, um, which I think this movie is so like bleak. Yeah. And it makes me feel not happy. So, it's not like particularly scary. I mean, there's moments where like, oh shit. But I think just the overall tone right. like, compared to like Fright Night at least. Yeah. Last week's episode. I think this should be above Fright Night personally. Yeah, I could see that. And it doesn't have any, like, lighthearted moments, really. Not really, yeah. no. I mean, there's, like, sweet moments between the two of them, but they're, like, few and far between, and even that is... Brought a- down way more on the scale <laughs> compared to the violence. And, yeah, yeah, there's always an underlying layer of, like, unease mm-hmm. in this movie, no matter what's happening. Right, and even though, like, if you really think about it, she doesn't show her true form that often mm-hmm. to be, like terrified of but just that underlying tension that she's always about to yeah. like snap is, right and is, i think is palatable right i mean truth be told i think that makes it even more scary because yeah. of like the tension and the unease and the when is this going to happen is far more scary than seeing her like lash out right because it's like a flip of a switch and you're just like over mm-hmm. so just the the whole vibe of the movie is just off yeah yeah, it's not, like, traditionally scary, in my opinion, but it's unsettling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know if I was... I might have watched it with somebody and not been paying attention as much to the plot or something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I... Like, I knew the concept, and I understood, and I had seen it before, but I I forgot, like, some of the minor details with, like, her and the old man and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, because... Well, I guess we'll get into it in the plot, but even some of their interactions are very uncomfortable. Yeah. Because, like, not knowing, like, the truth. Right. But even knowing. Like, I I knew who he was, technically, Uh but, so, like, I had that lens going in, but I didn't know how much he was doing for her, is the thing. Yeah. So, it's a very sticky situation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are ready to dive into some movie background? Yeah. All right. So Let Me In is a 2010 horror film directed by Matt Reeves and starring Cody Smith-McPhee, Chloe Grace Moretz, and Richard Jenkins. The film is a remake of the 2008 Swedish film Let the Right One In, which is what I thought this movie was called for the longest time. <laughs> like, when we were doing planning for this season, I'm like, let the right one in. And it was just let me in. I'm yeah. like, oh, oops. Yeah. I was just thinking about the Swedish film, which I've never seen. <laughs> okay. It's based off the novel of the same name by John... I, I'm sorry, Swedish people, but Ashvid Lidqvist. Lidqvist? Lid, I'm sorry. I can't say that. I can't John. either. <laughs> John. John is a 
It's by John. Okay. <laughs> the plot revolves around a bullied and lonely kid named Owen, played by Cody, who befriends a mysterious girl named Abby, who's played by Chloe Grace Moretz, only to discover that she is, in fact, a vampire. Shocking. Yeah. On this season of vampires. Right. Cody Smith-McPhee played the voice of Norman in Paranorman, which we covered last season. Yeah. So that's a fun fact. Right. Had to tie it back. I know. We got we got to try to tie it back every time we can, <laughs> as much as possible. Did you know that we did a ghost season? Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't want or listen to that, that was last season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the most notable aspects of Let Me In is the focus on character development. The relationship between Owen and Abby is set at the heart of the film, with the two characters forming a deep bond in the face of the horrors that surround them. Even though Chloe slash Abby, I'm fairly certain you're is one the of the horror. Is the horror, but there's, you know, the real life horrors yes. of being a little kid. Right. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee delivers a haunting performance as Owen, perfectly capturing the character's vulnerability and loneliness, while Chloe Grace Moretz is also excellent as, as Abby, bringing a mix of innocence and menace to the role. The scenes between the two characters are among the film's strongest, with their interactions feeling authentic and emotionally resonant. I could say that, yeah. I think they did a really good job. Right. Both Especially for their age and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think this was Cody's, like, one of his f- f- like first roles. Right. I think he did a couple other things, but he was still really young. Yeah. Um, and then the beginning of his career, so. I thought they did a great job. I yeah, mean, I think so, too. I think it must have been challenging, too, to display that dynamic between them, too. Like, Chloe especially always having to be, like, a darker, kind of menacing figure to him compared Mm -hmm. to just, like, two kids hanging out. Yeah, because, really, she's not really a kid. No. You know, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Director Matt Reeves created a bleak and moody atmosphere that perfectly suits the film's themes. The use of lighting and shadows is particularly effective, creating a sense of darkness and foreboding throughout the film. The film's special effects and makeup are also impressive, with the use of practical effects adding to the film's overall sense of authenticity. And much like, again, back to Fright Night, mm-hmm. it had that nasty-ass yellow fake light the whole time. Oh, yes. I hate Yeah. When, when it's, like, overly orange and yellow. Right. And that's, like, this whole movie when mm-hmm. it, at nighttime. I was like, ooh. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I felt super claustrophobic in this movie because it takes place mostly in that courtyard. Right. And even when they go to the store at that one point, there's nothing around. Like, no. There's no, there's, where are these people? Yeah. I, I felt very boxed in this movie. <laughs> My issue too with it is like, I know it's in the 80s, so like you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt and mm-hmm. stuff, but. I feel like, especially on Owen's part, like, he is not asking the right questions no. about Abby. <laughs> yeah. um, He's like, why don't you have shoes? Like, and we're like, but maybe we can talk about why we've never seen her at school. Yeah, I guess maybe he's willing to he's look past. overlooking her. everything. Yeah. yeah. In terms of reception, Let Me In received mostly positive reviews from f- critics who praised the film's strong performances and atmospheric visuals. The film won several awards, including the Saturn Award for Best Horror Film and a Critics' Choice Movie Award for Best Young Performers. Acclaimed horror author Stephen King wrote, Let Me In is a genre-busting triumph, not just a horror film, but the best American horror film in the last 20 years. Which, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, I liked it. (laughs) He gives very uh, flowery critiques. Yeah. I feel like Stephen King backs almost every horror film. I know. Honestly, so it's kind of like, ah. This is very nice. You're like, this is good. Yeah, you did a good job. Thank you. (laughs) Joe Morgenstern of the Wall Street Journal wrote that the film is more than a respectful remake. Let Me In is quietly stylish and thoroughly chilling in its own right. 
So John, the author, with the last name I can't read, (laughs) John, the author of the book and screenwriter of the original Swedish film, was pleased with Let Me In. I might be the luckiest writer alive to have not only one but two excellent versions of my debut novel done for screen feels unreal. Let the Right One In is a great Swedish movie. Let Me In is a great American movie. But Let Me In puts the emotional pressure in different places and stands firmly on its own legs. Like the Swedish movie, it made me cry, but not at the same points. Let Me In is a dark and violent story, a beautiful piece of cinema, and a respectful rendering of my novel, for which I am grateful. So I looked up the book really quick. Okay. I just wanted to go over what themes it tackles. Yeah. Okay. This is what it says. Existential anxiety. Social isolation, fatherlessness, divorce, alcoholism, school bullying, pedophilia, genital mutilation, self-mutilation, and murder. Genital mutilation? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. So it just, like, covers everything. Yeah. I was, like, reading that. I'm like, I don't want to read this book anymore. (laughs) Just a whole episode of Law and Order SVU. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was... Quite intense. Yeah. So if you if you're ever wanting to read this book, I don't uh, know. big warning that it covers all those themes. Yeah. That even the movie doesn't touch on half of that. Right. So yeah. Fair warning. I just thought that was really interesting and also terrifying. So <laughs> I did realize too when I was looking it up too that his parents got like a little bit more backlash than in like the notes and stuff that I found on it online in comparison to how I felt about them watching the movie. They're more oh, really? like not there. Yeah. Especially, I don't know if you noticed, they, like, barely, if ever, show the mom's face. Yeah. It's like a Charlie Brown situation. Right. Where they don't really show the... Yeah. Her specifically, but they show other adults, so I don't know. Yeah, that's strange. I also noticed, too, like, every time he talks to her, he lies. It doesn't matter what it's about. It's... The son? Yeah. Like, they never have, like, an honest conversation about anything. I didn't even realize that. (laughs) Huh. Yeah. Interesting. But... You ready to dive into the plot? Yeah, I'll try my best. In 1983, Los Alamos, New Mexico, a man that suffered from chemical burns to the majority of his body was rushed to the hospital. Suspected of criminal activity, he is questioned by a police detective about a recent murder, but the man is in such poor shape that he's not able to speak. This dude is like barely alive. I know. He barely looks like a person. And they're trying to talk to him. Like, this is a common trope in, in, like, crime shows and stuff, too. Like, like I'm a big fan of Law & Order. Every time there's, like, a victim being, like, rolled away on a gurney about to die, people are following them asking questions. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think it's because they want to, you know, get to the meat of what's happening and whatever. But it also seems very insensitive. Sir, I am actively dying. <laughs> uh, can we put a pin in this? Right. For when I'm stable? Yeah. And able. I, I think their assumption is, you're not going to make it, so we want a statement. No, I know. <laughs> I get it. But, like, you're not going to get shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm kind of focusing on the pain. Right. Of, you know, the burns over my entire body. And face. Like, his face and, is... Oh, yeah. You can't... Ugh. Unrecognizable. It Ugh. is disgusting. Yes. So... The detective leaves a pen and paper for him to write it out while he takes a phone call, but when he returns, it appears the man has jumped out the window, only leaving behind a note that says, I'm sorry, Abby. Oops. Yes. We then cut to two weeks earlier and follow a lonely 12-year-old boy named Owen, who frequently spies on the neighbors in his apartment complex and watches as an old man and a barefoot girl named Abby move in next door. And, like, not to interrupt, but he's not just spying on people yeah he's tickling the pickle (laughs) isn't he no no i thought he was was 
He was watching that one girl undress about to have sex with that man across the hall, like across the way. I thought maybe it was becoming that. (laughs) Um, I didn't notice that, but perhaps he was. Well, I don't don't think he touched himself or anything because he's 12 and this is a movie, but. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, maybe. But he was watching them engage in sexual play. And then right before that, we kind of alluded to it, but he had a creepy mask on. Yeah. And he had a knife and he was like. I don't know if he was actually jamming into something. I can't remember. But he was, like, making a stabbing motion. Mm-hmm. And, like, you afraid little girl. Yeah, I mentioned it in the notes that he gets a knife later on. But Oh. It's okay. But he did that during the beginning, didn't he? He, I, he might have had a pencil or something. Oh, a pencil. But, but either way, yeah. Oh, well, well, he had something and he was being very threatening, so. Yeah, it, it's weird. <laughs> it's bizarre. I'm yeah, like, I don't it, like this kid It looks like he's, like, just preparing to kidnap people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Owen is tormented by Kenny and two other boys, so much so that he buys a knife to protect himself and acts out what he would do to them with it. Okay. So, yeah. that's with the mask and the right, baby's right. Yeah. And it's full-scale degradation of this poor child's character and everything. They punch him so bad that he pees himself. Yeah. yeah. I don't blame him. I pee myself, too. But no, please. Fuck <laughs> Kenny, man. Who, who was that? Was that Dylan Minette? What is his name? It's the Literally. kid from 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. yeah. I was like, mm-mm. Just preparing for he all those a, scenes in that. Yeah, he's a good... Uh, bully. Bully. Yeah. I hated, I hated him. Mm-hmm. I did too. It's <laughs> awful. He's so <laughs> bad. And then his... Oh. These are like... Now, these are like bullies. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the assholes. Right. Like, they're borderline trying to kill him most of the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. So, outside of school, he sees Abby every night... And quickly befriends her, however, noting her bare feet and odd smell. Yeah, she's thank. She's thank. She smells like poop. Yeah, she's not wearing shoes, but for the most part, she doesn't. But every once in a while, she'll have boots on. Does so, she? Yeah. A couple of times she's wearing boots. I'm like, mm. huh, I wonder why today. <laughs> why is today boot day? <laughs> yeah. Thursdays are boot days. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> so they have like this odd bond over puzzles really and like he asks her questions every once in a while but it's not like the right questions yeah. <laughs> like i said are you a girl yeah <laughs> yeah like they more or less talk the most part about like what if i'm not a girl like that was bizarre because part of me thought for a second that she was a boy but i know what she meant by that yeah like, i don't remember that being a plot point right she, but Realizing what she meant by that, I'm like, oh, yeah, you were, <laughs> you were, you still kind of are. At I guess. one point, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so they develop this weird friendship where they're like using Morse code to talk to each other in their bedrooms and stuff like that. Yeah, because they live right next door to each other. Right, right. So they're in the apartment next to them. So like they kind of like share a bedroom wall or something, mm-hmm. or they should at least. And, again, Owen not asking the right questions. He hears people arguing in the apartment next door. He knows that Abby only lives with an older man. Yeah. It sounds like two men arguing. Oh, yeah. That's a really deep, creepy voice. Yeah. And then the man. Never questions that. No. He's like, that's fine. And I don't know if it's because he's a child of divorce, so he just assumes that's normal. But I mean, maybe. Yeah. So, they developed this weird bond. And Abby encourages him to stick up to his bullies because he doesn't like to tell his mom about this shit. Like, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, it's also 
the 80s. I don't know. What I feel are you going like, to do? <laughs> well, you, well, yeah, but I feel like even, like, I didn't really say all that stuff, like, when things happen at school, because it's like, A, you don't want to worry your parents. To, like, what is there they can do, really? Right. Or you don't even really want them to do anything, because that can make things worse. Right. So, he kind of hides all that stuff in, and he just, like, lets it happen. Mm-hmm. And Abby's like, hit that bitch. And then he's like, all right. <laughs> and he takes it to heart. Oh, he's like, he twice as hard. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he does. He does at one point. So we cut to Abby's companion, Thomas. He is sneaking around at night, abducting teenagers, mm-hmm. killing them, and draining their blood in two jugs. Yeah. And he wears a trash bag on his head. And like, okay, here's the thing. If I were to be in his shoes, now was the chance to really wear a really cool mask. True. But he chooses a trash bag. Like, some flair. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean... I don't think he enjoys it. Oh, no, he doesn't. Yeah. He's also very sloppy yeah. at what he does. Like, the two times we see him do anything. Yeah. At one point, you hear them <laughs> talking. I think it's during one of the arguments or something. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I want to get caught. You think he says Yeah. at one point to her. Yeah. So, it appears that he is killing people and collecting their blood for Abby. One time, though, the time we focus on, he... Falls in the snow down a hill along with the jug of blood mm-hmm. and uh, is disappointed to not have enough to satiate Abby. Oh, she's mad. <laughs> she, she's pissed. This is where we come from hearing them argue in the next apartment. She's says, like, you can't expect me to go out and do it myself, which I'm like, kind of selfish because you clearly can. You, can't, you are way more capable than this elderly man right because we see what she does like literally in the next scene yeah so she does go out by herself right attacks a neighbor like gruesomely yeah and she's a little tricky and manipulative too like she pretends that she's like lost in like a little Uh tunnel or something yeah and that she got hurt yeah he's like this dude's running and she's in a really weird Tunnel. Like, like a, a little bridge. Bridge thing. over, yeah, underpass. Like, I'm hurt. Help me. Will me. you carry me? And then, oh, he picks her up and then she fucking goes crazy. Yeah. And attacks him. And she just, like, leaves his body there. And then I guess she tells Thomas, you know, like, this is what I had to do. And he goes and gets rid of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe that's why? Because she doesn't want to be exposed. But still, like, Thomas isn't doing that great of a job. No, he is not. And, like, she probably has the strength to just do it herself. Yeah. Like, girl. <laughs> like, there are moments in this movie where I felt bad for Abby, and then moments like this, I'm like, bitch. Yeah. You're a vampire. He's, he's getting lazy, isn't he? Yeah, he's getting yeah. lazy. He's sloppy, you're lazy. Like, this is a bad combination. Right. And then once you learn the relationship, too, like, she's basically cheating on him. Ah. Well, when we get to the revelation. Yes. I... We'll, we'll get there. Okay. So, on a later night, he hides in the back of the, another person's car. His his M.O. is to take a trash bag, cut some holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> trash bag, man. <laughs> and he kind of just, like, sits in the back of someone's car. Mm-hmm. But he's thrown off when that person in the car picks up somebody else. And he's kind of freaking out because one guy sees him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he decides... Kill that dude while while the other guy's in the gas station and tries to run off with the car. Not very clever at all and 
gets in an accident and rolls down a hill. Again. Yeah. The owner of the car and a couple of his friends are chasing after them. So he decides, like, I'll just take this concentrated sulfuric acid and just all over my face. Yeah. That's hard to watch. Yeah. To himself. Like, yeah. I thought it was something like they did to him. <laughs> no. no, no, he. I think he was just, what he was just trying to be unidentifiable, unrecognizable. Yeah. yeah. So he's ends up being hospitalized, much like the earlier scene. Yeah, he's that's the him. Same guy. That's him. Surprise, it's yeah. Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Then Abby finds out that he's hospitalized mm-hmm. and goes to visit him. She asks where he is or like what floor it is and. Mm-hmm. Why does she go away? Like, why does she sent away? Um, because it was like restricted. Like, oh. you can't go up there. And she's like, okay. Yeah, it was a, like a restricted section. And she said, like, we could call somebody for you. And she's like, nah. No, nah, because. And she runs out. Yeah, she said it, she's his daughter, mm-hmm. which he's not. She's not. So, yeah. not going to work. Right. And that's also the call that the detective receives out in the hall. Yeah. Like, he gets told that there's a kid in the lobby for him, but she left. Yeah. And uh, it's because she climbed up the building. She's like Spider-Man. And she's like, can I come in? And like, like, as if this is all going to be okay. Like, I think that's part of like the whole child mindset, I think, Mm -hmm. too. Like, she just thinks that they can keep going after this. But he's like, no. Do you see me? Yeah. He's like, clearly, I can't talk to you. I cannot overstate how, like, gross he looks. Like, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's, like third degree burns like yeah. he's gonna need like months and months and months of skin grafts if he makes it yeah, yeah it's bad it's right bad. so he kind of like offers her his neck yeah. and she bites him and then that's what causes him to fall out the window yeah it's the ground yeah it's mm-hmm. it's upsetting it's i don't like it yeah i don't like looking at it i'm mm-hmm. like she seems like very sad at first and then kind of just like eh, he did it happens <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, yeah Servants. <laughs> Although he was like her only servant. Yeah. Well, so. who knows though? It could have been somebody before him. Well, I don't think there was because the whole revelation part, when you find out, when you see that picture. Well, that just means he aged, not that she did. Right. But like they were the same age. Right. Oh, like she could have been. With I, somebody else before that. I feel like that was when she was still human. You think so? I think so. Maybe. I think that was the point. Oh, I guess. That's how I saw it. But anyways. Go on. <laughs> that night, she crawls into Owen's bed, undresses, but doesn't, like, wipe the blood off her face. No. She just tells Owen, you know, don't look at me. Yeah. Girl, just clean yourself up a little bit. Right. Like, just drops the bloody clothes on the floor. Like, and she lives next door. Like, you could go shower yeah. before you go see your new boyfriend. <laughs> I hate to sound bad when I say this, but both of those kids look dirty this whole movie. Yes. Didn't they? Yes. Like, greasy. I'm like... Both of you look like you smell bad. It's because they're like 12. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but... They're on the cusp of being the smelliest. Right. And then I'll the blood cake down her face. Yeah. I'm just like, eh. She's like in his bed. I'm like, please stop. Yeah. <gasps> so, like, she smooths him. <laughs> and he asks her to be his girlfriend. And she's hesitant at first. Like, she keeps on, like, telling him she's not a girl, so how can she be that? And he's like, well, if you don't want to be my girlfriend, you don't have to say all this weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just say no like a normal person. All right. And, he's, and then they kind of agree that, like, nothing will change. You know, she's just going to be his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, nothing will change. <laughs> so the next day, Owen's class goes to a park for ice skating. I don't know why, but... 
Yeah, Again. Like, yeah, I think it was the gym class. They went yeah, on a field trip. Yeah, it must be the thing. gym class. Yeah, they went to an ice skating rink. And I was kind of put off by the poles in the water that he ends up taking. I was like, I don't know what they're for. Maybe it says here. Yeah, just a metal pole. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't. There's know. a couple metal poles sticking out of the ice. And I yeah. was like, is that safe, really, for everyone to skate on? Well, the, yeah. I mean, you know, skating on a frozen lake to begin with is always questionable. I guess that's true. The 80s. <laughs> it's what ends. So he decides to confront his bullies because they came up to him to try to, I don't know, probably... Bully gonna, him? Yeah, probably gonna, <laughs> like, rub his face into the ice or something. <laughs> so Owen grabs one of these metal poles that are sticking out of the ice and just, like, fucking whacks Kenny oh with it, like, across his face and takes oh. out a chunk of his ear. Like he splits his ear. Yeah. And they show it. Ugh. And I was unhappy. But I was happy that Kenny was suffering. And he was crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shut up. Like, <laughs> like not to, like, bully kids. Right. But, like, you had that coming. Yeah. It's been a long time coming, I think. Yeah. But it was gross. Yeah. His ear was, like, completely split. I'm like, Yeah. No. So, uh, the gym teacher's about to, like, break this up, but then, uh, the class happens to discover a dead body! (laughs) And it happens to be Thomas's first victim, I think, from where he spilled the jug. Oh. Yeah, I think he just dropped him in the river and he froze. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was his first victim or Abby's victim. In any case, it was a victim. Yeah, one of them. (laughs) Yeah, then he just... He just pushed into the river. I'm like, again, sloppy. Yeah. Come on, man. Not, Not thinking it through. No, not at all. So that evening, you know, Owen tells her what happened and she's proud of him for standing up to himself. He kind of gets told off by the principal, but not really. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, just don't don't hit people in the ear with poles. Yeah. I think <laughs> they kind of know what was going on. Yeah. So still not doing shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Also, I think around this time, too, Owen decides that he's going to like bulk up with the gym coach. So he's. <laughs> the gym coach is Russian for some reason. And he's like, yeah, you come every day after school, we make you strong. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> there are no Russians in New Mexico in the 80s. Well, no, like, I was saying it was odd. <laughs> yeah, maybe the actor was just, that's just his actual accent. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Sure. I have no idea. Yeah, so he's starting to work out at school in like the coming week into. Um, and we also do see like a cutaway of Kenny and his older brother talking, mm-hmm. and his older brother calls Kenny like a little girl, um, just like Kenny calls Owen. And Owen calls nothing. Yeah, <laughs> his fake imaginary. Right. Victim. Yes. Yeah, it's a trickle down effect. Just it does. You know, bullies bully people. It's one of those situations. Right. Then he goes to Abby and tells her about this whole situation with Kenny. She's proud of him. And he takes her to this secret little lounge area that was in hidden in the basement behind, like, a do-not-enter door. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like, it's why? cool. I mean, no, it's not. Someone died there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he gross. said he hung out with a teenager there in the past that, like, used to have friends down there that would smoke marijuana or something. And He played ping pong yeah. with them or something. Right. Well, when his friends weren't there. So. Yeah, when his friends weren't there. And I was like, it kind of sounds like that my man would have tried to touch you if you would have waited there a little longer. Yeah, I didn't want to think too much about yeah. that. There's a lot of implications of pedophilia. Yeah, I did want to mention really quick, back when Thomas was still alive, there was that scene where Abby, like, caresses his face in the kitchen, and that was... It's a romantic, like, I know you kind it was of thing. Icky. Yeah. And, it, like, 
Mm-hmm. And she like hugs him from the back at one point. Yeah. He, yeah. It, it's it's very unsettling. Right. Very unsettling feeling. It's like one. I think it was the last time before he got hurt. Like she yeah. asked him if he was going out, and he's like, "Well, yeah, I have to." <laughs> I think she was just manipulating him, but. Yeah, I it, I kind of toe the line between, like, she understands what they had and it's just not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I kind of think of it as, like, a marriage that's kind of, like, fizzled out. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, we're sorry for that tangent, but we're right. back in the basement. Yes, There's... in the basement. Owen thinks it's a great idea to have a blood pact with Abby. She loved that. And he's like, you know, just cut your hand just like me. And he's... He's dripping blood on the floor and she freaks out. Owen's oh, so stupid. Yes. <laughs> Again, not asking the right questions. (laughs) Yeah, so luckily she leaves, though. She's like... Yeah, she does have enough self-control, apparently. But she does lick his blood off the ground. and But then she, I guess since she's already, like, hungering for it at that point, like, she goes out and, like, kills the next person she sees. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't think Owen quite still realizes what's going on at this point. Yeah, I mean, when you saw her face, I think. He's just like, girlfriends be cray, right? (laughs) (laughs) Girlfriend things. No, Owen. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah, so she feeds on another neighbor, which she doesn't kill this neighbor, and this person ends up getting hospitalized. And Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and the detective, like, that was looking into the murders that Thomas committed and was questioning him, comes to the hospital to question her, but they said she's still out. But then you kind of see them talking in the hallway about the whole situation. And you can kind of see her creeping around in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just eating her arm. <laughs> yeah, her own arm. Yeah. Then the nurse comes in and sees her and opens the blinds. And she just... Bursts into flames. The whole room. Yeah. The nurse goes down, too. Like, yeah, that was disturbing. Yeah, so yeah. It wasn't like a poof explosion and dead. No. Like, the whole room was set on fire. Right. And this poor nurse... Died in this fire and what it took like a whole day to contain it or something. I I don't know about that. I think on the news, it took a whole day to contain this, but personal things like, oh my god, again, another like instantaneous thing. But this was like a massive fire. This is by far the worst way that a vampire has died from the sun, (laughs) right? Like in daybreakers, that kind of were on fire, yeah, but not like this. The whole bed first. Went up and then the room in a matter of seconds. Yeah, takes everyone within like a six feet distance of her. Mm -hmm. So the next day, Abby comes to Owen. I believe his mom's out because she has court hearings with his father over his custody or something like that. She's gone for whatever reason. She's not, and I feel bad because I feel like the notes say that she's neglectful. I don't think she's neglectful. I think she knows that her son's a little freak. (laughs) (laughs) And and a liar and stuff like that. And she's just doing the best she can while her marriage ends. Yeah. And her son's not so desirable to have. Yeah. Well, you know, I I feel bad for... I feel like she feels guilty for not being there as much. Yeah. And, like, all her notes are very sweet. Right. And, like, love you, there's food. Yeah, like, she's always, like, make sure you take your jacket out. And he's like, you know, I've been wearing my jacket. You weren't wearing your jacket five minutes ago. I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie's over Owen. Uh, Owen's a little shit. <laughs> he's troubled. Like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's probably, like, yes, he's probably difficult to parent. But also, like, every time we see him, he just seems very solemn around 
Yeah. Like, I don't... I think it's something about his dad, too, because he goes home after this whole weird interaction with Abby in the basement and calls his dad and asks about, like, like, do evil things really exist Mm -hmm. or something like the devil or whatever. And the dad says, like, this is, like, crazy stuff your mom's telling you. So I think he's got kind of, like, a bad perspective of his mom based on what his dad says. And since his dad's away, he's the more desirable parent, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel bad. Yeah. For all parties involved. Right. I was like, I mean, I feel like the mom's pretty decent, honestly, especially for a mom in the 80s. Yeah, I thought like, she was fine. I like, mean, when they go to the store, she's upset that he left the area of the apartment. And I don't know if you remember growing up in the 90s and just taking off on your bike and yeah. and not, you know, calling your mom or whatever. I don't know. Like, like they didn't know where we were. Kind of right, thing. yeah. But she was like, no, you should have just stayed in the courtyard, like I told you. Yeah. I don't know. But he lies and said he was there. Oh, shit. No, you weren't. No. You were at the store. Right. Yeah, store or something. I don't remember. They did something. Sorry. Tangents. Yeah, tangents. <laughs> there's just, there's a lot to this movie, like. A lot of little moments. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of the relationships and stuff and how that kind of defines the other characters. Right. So, the next night, Abby reveals to Owen that. She's a vampire, that she needs permission to enter his house. And he's confused by this because he already gave her permission the night before when she crawled in his, or a couple nights ago when she crawled in his window and slept mm-hmm. in his bed. And she's like, no, you have to tell me every time. And he's like, what will happen? And she just walks in and stands there and starts bleeding profusely. And shaking. Yeah. And he's like, okay. You could have just said, don't do that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think she was just trying to show him like what happens. Right. So he's like, okay, you can come in. Look. Yeah, he lets it go on for quite a bit. She's yeah. like shaking. And like a puddle on the floor. Yeah, and then he's like, okay, okay, okay. And then he like hugs her. And I'm like, blood, again, blood um, everywhere. Oh. So he cleans that up. Yeah. So she tells him that she's a vampire, that, oh, um, that Thomas isn't her father. And kind of plays the whole Twilight thing. Like, how long have you been? 12, a while. You know, a minute. So Owen also... I don't know. They're in and out of each other's apartments at this point. So Owen discovers a picture of Thomas when Thomas was his age. And it's right next to Abby. And it seems like they were pretty close. Yeah. See, this is where I was. I was just thinking that they were just friends. I never got a romantic vibe between the two of them. I thought they were just. Owen and Abby or Owen um, and Thomas Thomas and Abby. Abby. I just thought since they were so young that it was just more of a friendship thing. I think it was romantic you do i think so um i don't know i don't i personally don't see that i think it could go either way i don't know i I mean i guess it just depends so is it like a similar to owen and abby situation uh where like she was a vampire kind of came into his life and he was intrigued by her they dated and she came out to him that he was a a vampire (laughs) she came out But she's not a girl. <laughs> she's a vampire. Uh, okay, I'm not sure that's how that works, but okay. <laughs> she she comes clean and says that she's a vampire, and then, like, their relationship progresses from there. And I don't know about when he gets old. Like, are they still in, like, a romantic that's relationship what I was at that like, point? I don't know if that's just me trying to, like, justify this, because... Well, I'm feeling old. that if the book says that it was in Pet- pedophilia, yeah. then he must somehow have... That romantic connection with her somehow. Assuming, you know, I'm going to do a follow-up on that because, I don't know, I just, I don't like, I, I just don't like that. 
Obviously, well, no one likes that. Well, no, 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 I know, but like, yeah, Stephanie, do you like that? I just, I think I was just like, no, this is not, not, not happening. Yeah, (laughs) well, because at one point he tells her, Thomas, before he leaves for that final hunt where he gets injured, he tells her, like, promise me you won't see that boy again. And like, if, if he was her father, it would make sense, but coming from her, person that used to be her age kind of thing. Uh, I feel like it's more of like a uh, see, I don't that. leave me for this kid. I took that as like you just need to lay low don't... That's just how I took it. But I I mean I see your point. It could be I, I think it's like a like I said I think it's just kind of like a crumbling marriage in a way. Like mm. it's kind of interesting too like because Owen's parents are going through a divorce and then their relationship is dying as yeah. well on that side yeah, because she kicks out she kicks out Thomas to talk in Thomas's room it seems like to Owen through yeah. Morris code yeah I see it I'm just I'm gonna stick with my theory no, whatever makes you feel better about it <laughs> it does um, <laughs> yeah but no I definitely see that but in any case I yeah they don't really say if she was a vampire and came into Thomas's life or she turned. When they were just the same age, which yeah. is what I assumed, but maybe I mean that could also explain it too. But who knows? In any case, Thomas was a little boy at some point, and then just yeah. slurs Abby. Right. <laughs> so Owen's kind of freaked out by this, not sure what she'll do, and won't, and she doesn't want him to leave, but he's freaking out. She finally lets him go, and he asks, like, what were, like, your intentions, and just kind of storms out without getting an answer. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Okay, bye. Finally asking the right question, not sticking around for the answer. Right. I'm like, dude, so close. But (sighs) he's getting there. Yeah. So, another night later, it's several nights, honestly, that he goes and spends the night in Abby's apartment, and she's alone now because Thomas isn't coming back. Thomas is dead. <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah. yeah Thomas yeah. is dead, so he's not coming back. Well, I'm just saying, like, the apartment's essentially abandoned. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, police are coming and knocking on the door, but she's not answering. So he sneaks into the apartment at night, and they fall asleep at some point, or at least Owen does. Mm-hmm. And she leaves a note for him after he falls asleep for him to read in the morning, and it says, Owen, I'm in the bathroom. Don't come in. Like, I'll see you tonight. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So, of course, then the police come knocking. Yeah, and, it's the same detective, dude. Yeah. He's been throughout this whole movie. Right. And Owen looks through the people, and, like, the floorboards creak underneath him, so the detective knows someone's in there. Oh, yeah. He bursts in. Yeah, he's like, over the door! Right. <laughs> he sets off and he just breaks in yeah and i'm like if this is just like a welfare check on a child it's not the right way to go about it though oh yeah i guess not but he's been there multiple times and nobody's been answering this whole time so yeah i think they assume too thomas was like part of a gang or something he was i think they were on him so yep there's that (laughs) so he he breaks into the apartment owen kind of hides somewhere And he's searching around and gets to the bathroom and goes in there. And she has boarded out, like, a little sunlight that's in the bathroom. First, he notices that there's, like, a blanket in the tub. And apparently, Abby has been using it as, like, a makeshift coffin. Yeah. (laughs) And he, like, unveils her and she's not waking up. So he tries to get more light in the room. He removes the debris from the window that's been covering it. And she freaks out. Yeah, she wakes up immediately yeah. and attacks. Like Right. 
And Owen kind of tries to stop it, but not really. It's like, hey, guys. Hey. Guys, stop. (laughs) Guys, please. And then eventually it comes to the point where he kind of accepts that, you know, bitch gotta eat. (laughs) She's a a rabid animal at this point, so there's really not much you could... So he basically watches the light leave this man's eyes and just shuts the door on him. He's like... I'll deal with this later. Yeah. <laughs> this the door. I'm like, what else are you going to do at that point? Right. So after that whole incident, she comes out, tells Owen that she'll have to leave. Like, mm. you know, she can't stay here anymore. So Owen's heartbroken and she takes off in a taxi with her trunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a large trunk, too. Like, they, they carried it in, too. It's, it's human size. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder yeah. what that could be used for. Right, right, right. So during swim class... The next evening again, which I'm like, it's not really swim class. It's more or less like swimming lessons. Yeah, and the coach is trying to help just Owen and people are in the pool and stuff. The swim coach gets distracted because one of Owen's boys comes in and says that the dumpster outside is on fire. Mm -hmm. So he goes out to deal with that. They lock him out. And, and along with everyone else, they get out of the pool. Right, they threaten everyone else to get out of the pool. Except Owen. For yeah. He goes to the locker room. I'm like, Dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he tries to escape out, but they find him immediately because yeah. they know he's who they're looking for. I don't know why he hid in the locker room. <laughs> but, yeah. So, they take him to the pool, and it's... Kenny, his two friends that have been bullying him, and his older brother. Mm-hmm. Older brother is mad about the whole ear thing now, <laughs> even though it didn't seem like he was before. Yeah. First of all, it's not your ear. Second yeah. of all, I mean, you messed up my brother, so. Yeah, yeah. So tells Owen uh, an eye for an ear, basically, that like he's going to hold him underwater and. Like if, three minutes or something. Yeah, and if he doesn't come up, he he won't cut his eye out or something like mm-hmm. that. Or Yeah, some of that. Or, or I'll only cut your eye out. Is it that? I think if he doesn't come up, he'll leave his eyes alone. Okay. I think so. Anyways. Either way, it feels like he's going to die or get his eye cut out. Yeah. (laughs) So he's shoving him underwater. So we're only focused on Owen under the water and he's struggling to stay under. But then we hear all this screaming and stuff. And then we just see a floating head go yeah. by. <laughs> Apparently, Why? Abby has come in to save him. And she just massacres the four of them. Good. Yes. <laughs> I mean, ooh. Yeah. Violence against children. Again. Uh, <laughs> deserving. But, they were about to be murderers. <laughs> yeah. If anything, she stopped them from going to jail by ending their life. Mm-hmm. Any case. Children are dead. <laughs> right, right. So then we just, like, you know, we see the pool area is completely empty out, but there's, like, a big pool of blood and just bodies laying everywhere. Uh, so then we just cut to the next day, and Owen's on a train by himself with a very large trunk. <laughs> the human-sized one. <laughs> and uh, it appears that he is running away with Abby. And then that's really the end. Bye. Bye-bye. The next oh, and they is... use the Morse code yeah. thing, which I thought... You knew what they were saying, at least when I first watched it, but I guess not. No. That's it. That's it. That's it. The end. That's all he I got. Leaves. Do you think his mom allowed him to leave? Doubtful. <laughs> no, he's just like, bye, mom. <laughs> just going to the store. Yeah. Probably so. lied to her again. <laughs> Pro- yeah. God, could you imagine just your son's gone to become a servant to a vampire? There's so much messed up shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. Oh, don't we cut to, like, in the basement and the detective's body's, like, hidden in the wall? 
I think uh, so. I don't remember. I that. think that's where they put him. Oh. It's like in a hole in the wall and He's growing in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> he must be Greek. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I just wanted to talk and speculate on the whole servitude aspect of Abby and Owen and Abby and Thomas. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we saw familiars in what we do in the shadows. A little bit more lighthearted, yeah, I would say, at this point. So, of course, in what we do in the shadows, familiars or servants to vampires kind of procure meals for their vampires, clean up after them, and kind of just do, like, their day-to-day tasks that they would do as humans but aren't able to, apparently, or don't want to. Mm-hmm. I would say that they have a better relationship than what Abby is forcing on Thomas. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just uh, specific to their relationship. Because she's the only vampire we see in the whole movie. So if there are other vampires, which I'm assuming, because someone would have had to turn her. I wonder if all vampires treat their familiars like this. I mean... I know you also don't want to speculate that they're in a romantic relationship either. I will for this example. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, hope it stopped sort of at one point, at least. But I feel like maybe not. (laughs) I feel like we discussed this in Interview with a Vampire. Because, like, yeah, she stopped aging in her body, but her mind kept going. Like, I don't know. But then you're not sure, too, because she's still, like, kind of interested in the same thing Owen's interested in. Right. But you're also not sure if she's just putting it on because because she needs somebody else. (laughs) Right. This is a hard situation. Do you think going in to, like, the beginning of the movie, like, before Thomas gets hurt and everything, that she was looking to Owen to replace him? No, I didn't think think that. No. I never got that sense. Okay. I was kind of wondering if, like, maybe she was on the verge. And she was like, you're old. <laughs> I am 12, technically. I don't know. So, I don't know. Also made me wonder what Thomas did for a living, honestly, to keep them... <laughs> Killed people. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from that. <laughs> we don't see him doing anything else yeah. in this movie outside of... Getting her food. Right. Which, so. like, maybe it's because we're only watching it basically from a child's perspective. But yeah. Unless he doesn't do anything, and that's why they move around. Maybe, but you still need money to do that. Do you? Maybe he steals the money from... Oh, his victims? Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. This is true. But now, what What the hell is Owen going to do now? He's 12. I mean, he's with a vampire girl who has been around the block. A few years. <laughs> so technically she's an adult in a way. So yeah. she can't do anything and during the day at least. Right. You're not going to be able to like get a loan or get an apartment. <laughs> Can you imagine? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're, yeah. You're that's both kinda, 12. What are you going to do? Yeah. It kind of feels like they're going to have to circle back somehow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But they don't really care to answer that. <laughs> no. They're just like, well, they're on their own. So I don't know. I feel like Owen is... They're they're both gonna die shortly after this. Like, oh, not gonna be able. He what? 
Are you implying now that Owen's going to go kill people for her? Like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen immediately or if she's going to, you know, <laughs> let them have a honeymoon phase or something <laughs> before she just expects him to go out and do it for yeah, her. Yeah, and start treating him like she treated Thomas. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it as in, like, this is a trend that she has created, she probably has, like, stages. And, you mm-hmm. know, there's the fall in love stage and then there's the honeymoon phase where, like, we're all happy and we're together, yeah. we're free. And then it becomes, like, but this is stuff that you have to do for me. Yeah. I'm your wife. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it could be like that. But I also do like the perspective, but I never thought of it with Thomas being human with her at one point. Yeah. That's what, that's what I assumed. I, I never actually thought that she was a vampire and met him already. Right. I don't know why. I just mm-hmm. didn't get that sense. I thought they like, grew. Only, only, I think the reason I thought that is because I feel like they would have had, a history for him to just uproot everything. But then, you know, I say that, but then Owen. Yeah. Like, but he was also, I hate to say, like, messed up. <laughs> he was right. a little messed up, so. That's true. I, I just kind of assumed that when she says that she's been 12 a while, it's, like, hundreds of years, or at least more than the lifespan of Thomas. Because otherwise, wouldn't she just say, like, I've been 12 for 40 years or whatever? I don't know. I feel like 50 years is a while. I guess so. Um, I don't know. I, it could go either way. I just, for whatever reason, I didn't think that she was a vampire already. I thought they were friends. And yeah. Also, you have to think, if we are, she showed up in a picture. So if we're going through, like, uh, camera rules, she wouldn't be in a picture either. But we don't know, though, because it's not, like, Fright Night where we confirm. That well, that's what I'm saying. Reflection. It just depends on. Yeah, we're not sure, though. Yeah. Rules of vampires vary, obviously, which we've seen. Right. Eight movies in. So. <laughs> Another thing to consider, though, is most servants of vampires and what we do in the shadows, or at least all that we saw, were expecting to become vampires. Right. So you kind of have to wonder, too, what does Owen think he's getting out of this relationship? What does Thomas think he's getting out of this yeah. relationship? I wonder if Thomas wanted to be a vampire at some point. Owen, he just needs a friend. So yeah. he'll, he'll take whatever he can get. Yeah, I think know. that's where he's at. So yeah. Now he's a servant to a vampire. I hope he's happy with his choices. Oh, should have thought it through. She doesn't seem nice when she's mad. No. <laughs> but that's really all I had to speculate on it yeah this was a good good one to kind of talk through all that because there's a lot of despite the movie itself not a lot going on there's a lot of like, unanswered stuff but yeah you know? what the hell <laughs> yeah i would be interested to see like maybe that's my only reason for reading the book is to understand like the the magnitude of their relationship yeah. one but i don't know if i'd want to partake <laughs> could you imagine if you read this whole book and it goes through all those things that we listed at the beginning and there was still no more clarity than the movie, right. I'd be so mad. <laughs> Screw this book. <laughs> that would be awful. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful and we will always appreciate it. You can find us on social media at 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams and we will see you next sleep. In the bathtub? In the bathtub? No, you're going to die if you do that. You if you sleep in the bathtub? Yeah, because someone's going to come in and open the window. And you're dead. <laughs>